are now entering the Brooks. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello, you're on the Bright Side with Kevin and Jason, your weekly comedy about tragedy. I'm your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm the other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. J- Jason T. Gaffney. I feel like you ran out of steam on that one. Uh, right at the middle there. <laughs> We're filming at a brand new time this week. And yeah. I am not a night owl. The this way is that amazing to me. Is. This is amazing to me because the entirety of our time on the bright side with Kevin and Jason, we've gone for morning or midday, or you know, and that's when you're really at your peak. And uh, I am usually just waking up. However, this time, because of some scheduling, we are recording at 9.15 on a Tuesday. And uh, we are going to see what kind of loopiness does Jason get up to when he's forced to stay up past like 7.30 p.m. <laughs> My body at this point is like, oh, it's 6 a.m.? Congratulations. Welcome <laughs> I to the world. I don't remember sleeping, but apparently I did because here I am still awake. And uh, it, normally I can adjust my schedule accordingly, but this week is kind of a special week. Yes. Actually, that'll lead us right into the bright spot, which this week I was working on something for the bright spot. But then when we started recording, we started talking and the thing you were doing this week sounded so much more interesting than my bright spot. So uh, I'm going to let you do not just the whole show, but the bright spot as well. (laughs) I realized not only are we we we, uh, recording this at a time that's weird for you, I'm now making you work twice as hard. You're welcome. This has been this is great for me. It's really so, working out for me. So this week I'm doing a thing called the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge. Okay. It was basically started to highlight disabled people in film on camera and behind the camera. Okay. And basically once a year groups of uh, filmmakers get together and volunteer their time to work with disabled actors and crew to give them a chance to network with people, get on set with people, and, and do films that don't have people with disabilities just playing a role with a person who's a disability. <laughs> because so often in film yeah. and TV and stuff, if you know you have a deaf actor, it's like, oh, but this role isn't deaf. And it's like, spoilers, deaf people are librarians too. Mm-hmm. So like, and they exist in this world. So this is mm-hmm. basically a project designed to get people in front of, you know, Hollywood executives and producers and and other filmmakers and kind of start to bridge that gap and I'm having a blast. I'm having oh, a blast. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm exhausted, but I'm having a blast. <laughs> I'm sure you are. That's why it was so much better than my bright spot, which was just about the CDC uh, saying that it looks like people who were vaccinated can't transmit COVID. Which is good. It's fantastic. Oh, but it's great. It's, yeah, uh, but it's, you know, yours sounded so important and so interesting. And so I was wondering, what does a day doing that look like for you? Well, it's weird right now because everything's from home. Sure. So 
in a normal year, the film challenge would actually only be like three days, but they're giving everyone basically a full week this time because we have to ship equipment to people and the actors have to set up their own cameras and shots and stuff like that. So you need to allow for more time. And I'm getting a glimpse of what it's like to film on set remotely because a lot of the sets due to COVID, they have the different zones and there's certain people who, if they're not an essential on set, they get to sit at home and try to (laughs) produce something from a computer screen. That is very tough to do. Yeah. And so I was in a, you know, working kind of in a writer's room with people today, you know, so it's like you got this person here at this time and that person at that time, as opposed yeah. to like the normal challenge where it's like these three days, you just disappear from society and then we'll see you when we're finished. Wow. So I think that that is wonderful that you're doing that. Congratulations. Thank you for doing that. Uh, yeah. You know, on behalf of the people who are doing it, I suppose, even though I'm not, <laughs> I'm not one of them. Um, but I think that that's wonderful. It's our bright spot and you are doing amazing work this week. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, thank you. Now, uh, now that we've made you talk about that, let's make you talk about other stuff, and I can just snark <laughs> at it, too. <laughs> well, so it's nighttime, so I figured we would do a nighttime-themed episode. <laughs> Did you plan your episode around it being night when we recorded it? <laughs> Are you ready? I are you? Yes. <laughs> okay, Mr. Loopy Jason, I am ready. I'm so ready for this. This can't be. This got to be great. The final frontier. Oh. Yeah, space. Nighttime. That shooting star is a what? It's an emotional support animal. Watch out. <laughs> it's a meteor. Are we talking about meteors? That's right. It kind of is right then, because now I know for a fact that you will shoot me down if I don't get it right. <laughs> I mean, it's not me. Anyway, we're going to talk about when Skylab crashed to Earth. Oh, yes. Okay, that's fantastic. I love it. Note for the audience, Skylab is not the same as Skynet. Skynet is a fictional thing from a movie. I learned that really quickly. Yeah, Skynet has not crashed to Earth. It is still out there and menacing. (laughs) So Skylab was uh, both the world's first successful space station, and Mm -hmm. it was made from the U.S. of A. Oh, fantastic. Congratulations, us. Another note, this episode was brought to my attention by the wonderful Didi. Thank you, Didi. Oh, yes, Didi. Yes, fantastic. Thank you, Didi. So, all right, before we jump to Skylab, let's jump over to a little thing called space debris, shall we? Oh, absolutely. I, okay, this is my phobia. Space debris is my phobia. Like? And I'll tell you why. (laughs) Do you know someone who's been hit by space debris? I do not. I, I mean, you know, Sandra Bullock, tangentially, but in that movie. But my question is this. It's weird. It's weird. I'm just going to say it's weird. But we keep sending satellites up into space, right? Yes. The satellites are made of things that are here on Earth, right? Sure. So the more we send up, the less Earth weighs. And gravity is entirely dependent on what Earth weighs. So at some point, are we going to send up so much shit that's made of material here and make the planet weigh less enough that it'll, you know, it'll make gravity weird? That's my stupid phobia. All right. You, you're aware that pieces of space rock land on Earth yearly. 
Oh, well, that does help. I mean, so the, all the stuff that's hitting us from space is is what you're saying, offsetting what we're sending up into space. Yeah, and for years we weren't sending anything into space, so it was just oh. getting... Oh, okay. So I think this year, especially in the last few months, um, more stuff has been hitting Earth. This is a brand new theory. More stuff has been hitting Earth than normal, okay, which is why Earth now weighs more, okay, which is why gravity is heavier, which is why my scale says I've put on 10 pounds. But I think <laughs> it's just... Gravity is actually more than it used to be. So that's my not-phobia, totally based in reality theory. Quote from Wikipedia, quote, Space debris, also known as space junk, space pollution, space waste, space trash. Jonathan. (laughs) 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 I want there to be a Jonathan in there. <laughs> oh man, you just ruined the name Jonathan for all Jonathans. Oh, I just I I think it wasn't that funny, but you're tired and I'll take it. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, <laughs> is a term for defunct human-made objects in space, principally oh, I, you... <laughs> I was hearing Jonathan is a term for a defunct human. <laughs> God <laughs> I feel so damn. bad for Jonathan now. <laughs> Principally in Earth orbit, which no longer serve a useful function. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why they named it Jonathan. Oh, man, there's a lot of Jonathans in space today. Well, there was one particularly aggrieved NASA scientist one day. (laughs) Don't be such a Jonathan. Exactly. She She got dumped, and next thing you know, Jonathan means space trash. So, okay... Why should people be worried about space debris? Well, apparently they shouldn't because we're sending, we're getting hit by enough stuff to offset what we're sending up there. Well, yes, we shouldn't. Your phobia is not the reason to be afraid of space debris. <laughs> Good, because I feel way better about it. Wait, so, oh, great, thanks. We've solved that, but you're going to give me another thing to worry about? Fucking Jonathan falling from the sky now. There's multiple. Anyway. If a spaceship is flying out into space and hits something, that's bad. Also, well, if yes. a spaceship is flying back home and hits something, that's also bad. Sure. Yeah, no bad either way. Yeah. So another thing is that if something falls from space to Earth and isn't able to burn up completely, that's also bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it's basically a giant solid that's landing on Earth and it is yeah. not it is not hail. It's not, and it's increasing the mass of the Earth. You're going to need to let that go. <laughs> I will try for you. Now, I'm sure you figured out that things like engine thrusters that get ejected once they are, uh, you know, they get into the outer atmosphere and all that science stuff are part of the space debris, and you would be correct. Oh, okay. But here are a fun list of things lost in space that people weren't expecting. The Robinson family. Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan Robinson. So, uh, no, a spatula. How did a spatula even get up there so high? I mean, oh, is it the one my mom threw at me that one time? Wow. (laughs) So astronaut Piers Sellers was working on a science test using a spatula to apply goo to see if it could work for like a heat shield repair material. And he lost control of the spatula. Yeah, it came loose while he was working during the spacewalk, and it floated away. 
Oh my lord, this man's never heard of a spatula tether? He's quoted saying, quote, that was my favorite spatch. Don't tell the other <laughs> spatulas. Well, I should have known he was a nerd. He's an astronaut. He's, I should know. By the way, I have a favorite spatch in my house. So. I, I do too. It's the silicone one. Yes. It yeah. works so great in bowls. You can get all the stuff out. It really does. I mean, like, you know, we have to stop now talking about spatulas. <laughs> or I we could just well, live there. I was about to go on about some spatulas, but then I realized, no, no. <laughs> that is a recipe for people turning the show off. <laughs> <laughs> or everyone's going to hang out and be like, these guys are cool with their spatulas. They know what's going on. <laughs> Who doesn't have a favorite spatch? Am I right? And then he... Flipped the food with his spatula. You know what mm. I mean? Eh, 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 eh. I'm assuming you mean he flipped the food with his spatula. Uh, another fun <laughs> thing that's in space <laughs> is an entire tool bag. Uh, yes, his name is Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Quote from Wired.com. What a tool bag. Quote, astronaut Heidi Piper lost her grip on a tool bag while doing a spacewalk in November 2008 to try to repair jammed gear on a space station solar panel. The Mm -hmm. 30-pound bag filled with uh, grease guns, a scraper tool, and a couple bags for debris cost about $100,000. Good Christ. So people, when they found out about this, basically looked to the skies to see if they could spot it. And they started tracking it. And there's like a website you can like track the orbit of this $100,000. Really? They know bag. where it is actually? Yeah, they just follow it now. They're just like... They really want those tools, I guess. I, I think it's more just like, it's history. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're history, all right. <laughs> so, all right. This last bit of space debris that I want to talk about before we jump back to Skylab. It's George Clooney, isn't it? It makes me smile. So, uh, well, George Clooney makes me smile. <laughs> some of Gene Roddenberry's ashes were brought up into space in 1992. Well, yes, that's appropriate. Quote from Wired.com, quote, The lipstick-sized capsule containing his ashes orbited the Earth before eventually disintegrating in the atmosphere. The rest mm. of Roddenberry's ashes, along with those of his wife, Male who died in December 2008, will be shipped into space along with digitized fan letters in 2010. So I assume it happened. Yeah. For uh, anyone who doesn't know, Gene Roddenberry is the creator of uh, Star Trek. So that seems appropriate. Although he'd probably appreciate, I think he would have preferred waiting until we have something faster than light to move with. I I doubt he'd be that thrilled with low Earth orbit. But still, it's nice. You're you're scattered in space. Congrats. Anyway... I think it's kind of rude we're calling his ashes space junk, but it was in the article, so that's what it's called. Well, they're not space junk anymore. They definitely disintegrated, so now there's space nothing at all. They're just, they're, they've returned to the atmosphere. We probably breathed part of Gene Roddenberry in our lifetime, which I'm fine with. I'm okay with that, because he did create a wonderful and accepting universe. He did. He did. So... I said you said you said on the last show that you've been watching Star Trek Discovery a lot, right? Have you finished? Are you caught up with it or no? Still watching, it's so good, isn't it? It's very good, but we don't I know. we don't binge the way that other people binge. We binge by watching a couple shows of several shows each night. Oh, so like we do I a like little that. bit of Star Trek, and then we do a little bit of the Great Pottery Throwdown, and then we do a little okay. bit of little Bob's a Burgers. little bit of Jonathan all night long. <laughs> Get back in the space. <laughs> what are you doing down here? Back up with George Clooney. 
That's a movie I'd watch. <laughs> it's called Gravity. <laughs> you can go ahead and watch it. <laughs> but no, it's the gay version, all right? It's George Clooney and Jonathan, and they are having a lot of gay sex up in space, all right? Wow, okay, sure. But there's a lot of thrust jokes. <laughs> I wonder has has NASA I mean I've known they I know they haven't made it public but I wonder if NASA's had any people have sex in space to see what that's like or just people took this upon themselves to experiment I'm sure that's happened you know yeah, people have I mean sex they're in up space. there for a year and if they get Sometimes, attracted yeah. and they're not and they're single or ready to mingle or they have oh. an open relationship and they're ready to mingle then that's great God we need that unauthorized story NASA, we need this. Hey, NASA, you want to gin up new interest in the space program? There you go. Sex. Yep. Tell us about, you know, <laughs> who Sally rode. Uh, All right. Let's get back okay. to Skylab. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Skylab was the first space station, correct? Yes. Spoiler alert. I already knew that. Wrong. Oh, fuck you then. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> what happened? I can fuck with you too, even though it's late. I was late. tricked. I was tricked. What was the first space station then? So it, I said this before. It was actually just the first successful space station. Well, I don't think we should be counting unsuccessful space stations, do you? The Soviet Union launched a space station two years before Skylab, but it was a messy station with lots of problems. Oh, I see. So people did live there for a time. They didn't like it didn't kill everyone who came into it. <laughs> I, no, good. I don't think it did like 2001 a space odyssey. Right, on sure. Them. Okay. Okay, so the Russians had a crappy space station before we had a working one. I guess, but everything's propaganda to a degree. So it's possible it was fine and everyone's like, "No, the Russians can't win." Got it. I'm also Fine with that as well. Either way, it's great. Skylab happened, and it was the first successful one, and so I'm happy. Okay, fantastic. So successful, it crashed to Earth in a fiery blaze of nothing. <laughs> Not right away. Okay. So, <laughs> it's just, I'm, all I'm saying is that success is, you know, plotted on a long scale. <laughs> just like beauty, success is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> right. So, just like the space station plummeting toward Earth, it's in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> so, okay. The OG missions of Skylab were watching the sun. I mean, and? <laughs> is there a comma? <laughs> they took about 175,000 pictures of solar stuff. You know, science wow. pictures. Sure. So. No no rabbit ears in any of them. Boring. <laughs> Damn it, Jonathan. Get out of the shop. <laughs> <laughs> no, George, you can stay. <laughs> George, you stay. Jonathan, we're about to eject your ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Eject my ass. He thought it meant pull out. That's terrible. <laughs> I want to dance amongst the semen. <laughs> well, it's too bad you work for NASA and it's spacemen that you are. Um. All right. It was a really big deal that they were watching the sun and that they did this space station thing and that they got up there. Mm -hmm. Quote from history.com. Quote, they also provided important information about the biological effects of living in space for prolonged periods of time. Yes. That's what I've heard. You, you, you atrophy and want to die. Well, no, they, they figured out you don't atrophy right away. 
You can do Not it. right away, but the prolonged, I think, is the important word here. <laughs> I feel like they do workouts on there, don't they? No, they do, yeah, but th- because of that. They're like, I gotta work it, work it. They're like, hey, Jane Fonda, let's get mm-hmm. aerobic. And then they slam into the side, and they're like, Houston, we have a problem. We have an ankle sprain. <laughs> We've got a problem that only Jane Fonda can cure. Well, you talk like that's something that doesn't exist. That's fucking everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Jane Fonda is literally one of the best people on this planet. So Absolutely. So let's that's my point. So let's send her to space and see what good she could do up there. So all right. In 1974, they would give Skylab a boost and they're like, "Let's head home for now and we can come back in the 1980s to help keep it in orbit again for longer." They brought it back? No, no. They 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 went home. They left Skylab there. Oh, was this the original mission? Okay. That one of the final missions, they like gave it a little boost. They're like, we're helping it to stay in orbit because oh, they notice stuff. They're like, this is getting nervous. We're getting nervous that it's going to have a problem. And okay. So over time, it was like getting older. And then so they, the crew left, but they left Skylab up there. <laughs> Skylab was getting older and starting to sag a little bit. So they tried to mm-hmm. give it a little facelift. Right. I, I don't see I, th- that was the moment to take Jane Fonda up there and have her talk to it. <laughs> You are a strong, proud, independent space station. Let me tell you how to age gracefully. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. In 1975, things would go a bit wrong. Okay. So a year after they gave it a boost, they're like, you're good. And then a year later, they're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Uh-oh. Should have sent Jane, but she was busy in Vietnam at the time. Yeah. There was some solar activity, which I guess knocked the station out of a safe orbit and into a re-entry flight path. You'd think with all those pictures of the sun, they would have seen that coming. I know. I was like, really? You literally went up there to study the sun. This was mm-hmm. what fucked you up? Like, you didn't see that coming? NASA? Ridiculous. Ridiculous <laughs> fucking morons. <laughs> they were too busy with their <laughs> semen experiments. I think so. If you'd spent a little less time on butt fucking and a little more time on studying the sun. I'm not going to stop them from butt fucking in the sky. I feel like butt fucking in the sky really should have been a, a like a heavy metal song from the eighties. It's definitely a song that you need to be on acid for. I mean, or in a space station. <laughs> they were butt fucking in the sky. Ooh, that's the seventies, like light rock version of it. I liked it. It was the cheap ass knockoff to like to afternoon delight. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) the best thing is, is it should be noted that they knew it was a possibility that it would fall into a re-entry flight path. NASA, like, sort of knew this was going to happen eventually. Okay. So, quote from Wiki, quote, NASA first considered as early as 1962 the potential risks of a space station re-entry, but decided not to incorporate a retro rocket system in Skylab due to cost and acceptable risk. Acceptable risk. The idea is that it will fall at some point and it'll probably hit something that costs less than it did. I did math and I've decided that it's acceptable risk that I'll no longer be working here, so I won't be liable. (laughs) It'll probably touch down like in a fiery flame ball in about 15 to 20 years. And at that point, I will be in the Bahamas. I will be retired. As long as it doesn't hit the Bahamas. 
I don't give a fuck. So, all right. By 1977, they were all predicting an earlier than planned for re-entry of Skylab to Earth. They're like, well, it's happening, folks. <laughs> Remember this thing we said was coming in 1985? Yeah, it's happening now. <laughs> Uh, so people were getting spooked because in 1978, the USSR's nuclear-powered Cosmos 954 AM satellite was going to fall in northern Canada. And everyone was like, um, wait, what? That's fucking terrifying. The Soviets had a nuclear-powered satellite that was falling to Earth? Yeah. So when they learned that... That's- uh, that's a thing. Yeah. That, that, w- that is something to be scared of. Absolutely. So basically when the world learned that the whole space station was going to come down, they were like, no, thank you. We already just did this. <laughs> uh, well, what happened with the Russian satellite? Uh, they landed and they sent cleanup crew and it was not great, but it wasn't like bad. Okay. So it, it did- wasn't a nuclear explosion. I think, yeah, growing up, I would have heard about a nuclear explosion in Canada. In Canada. <laughs> yeah. So people are like, no, 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 I don't accept a whole space station. But then they learned that, thankfully, no nukes were on the station. So they were like, okay, well, that's good. Yeah, so far as we know. There were no nukes. So far as we know. We know this. So far as we know. All right. So they were worried that 25 tons of metal could land in an area over 4,000 miles wide and 1,000 miles long. Yeah, that does sound bad enough, really. So, quote from Wiki, quote, The lead-lined film vault, for example, might land intact at 400 feet per second. Oh. (laughs) They took a lot of photos. They took a lot of photos. They they needed a film vault. Is this where all the goddamn negatives of the sun are? Yeah. That sucks, too, because if that destroys your home or whatever, it's all the same goddamn photo, too. You don't even get any good prints from it. The sun looks the same in every angle. It does. <laughs> um, oh, this would have been a good photo, but they got the sun right in it. Oh, this one too. Oh, wait, this one too. It's like it's like when an actor shares headshots and says, which ones are your favorite? And I'm like, well, they're all the same. Yeah. On, on that one, you are squinting a little. On this one, you aren't squinting a little. <laughs> on, on this one, I can see your actual age because you're actually moving your face. And on this one, you're so stoic, I'm worried you're a mannequin. <laughs> these are the things, for our loyal listeners, these are the things you don't say on a Facebook post when someone asks for your opinion on their new headshots. So, I like how constipated you look in this one. <laughs> That's great. If they're looking for a serial killer, definitely go with this dead-eyed one. Yes. <laughs> there is nothing more fucked up than a dead-eyed photo. I'm like, how do you not see that your eyes are dead? There's one thing more fucked up. It's it's the film vault hitting your house at 400 miles per second. All right. We'll agree to disagree. So <laughs> <laughs> NASA was like, how can we fix this, right? Uh I think nukes should be an option. Shoot it down. So they tried to recharge the station to get it back on course. And they were using like remote control from the ground. They're like, we're going to do it. We're going to make it go bloop, bloop, bloop. And then it's going to be better. Really? And I love that that was a possibility. And that, That's kind of cool. Well, it wasn't a possibility. They were like, maybe, maybe. And then it was like. Our plan was to make it go bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> but actually what happened, it was. <laughs> My plan was to be retired by this point. I did the math. 
I have a huge problem with this crashing right now. Okay, I'm two years away from my Bahamas retirement. This is fucking early. So they were then going to send up a space shuttle in 1978, but it wasn't going to work. Do you want to know why? Because it wasn't ready yet? Yeah, they couldn't make the shuttle quick enough. You got it right, Kevin. You got it right. I thought so. I think the shuttle first went up in 79 or 80. This is like the first time you've gotten something right in like 10 episodes. That's accurate (laughs) and painful. Welcome to Unfiltered Gaffney. (laughs) (laughs) You can't handle the Gaffney at night. I mean, I can't argue it, but it still hurts. (laughs) But it was so good. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, the shuttle wasn't ready yet. So then they thought what you thought initially, which would have been my first thought in the first place, was to blow it up. Sure. But again, they could not make that work. They're like, if we blow it up, we can't really control it. So then it's just going to spread to a bigger area. And everyone's like, that's worse. (laughs) Yeah, that is worse. But that's why I say nuke it. No, it, it definitely it still would have blown up in a whole bunch of pieces. I don't think so. It's one tiny thing compared to a nuclear bomb. It would vaporize it, would it not? No. I guess this was a more appropriate conversation for the uh, the time and place, I suppose. We should have had this conversation back then. <laughs> Lead-lined. Lead-lined. It protects radiation. I don't think, like, if it goes off right next to it, does it? I mean... I don't... I mean, radiation, sure, but, like, the force of the blast... I don't know. I have to admit that my area of expertise lives and dies with headshots. So <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to. Much less conversant in the nuclear physics than I am in the headshots and hating them. So I'm going to give this one to you, but they decided not to nuke it. Um, all right. I'm going to. And I am going to confirm that that was a mistake. So, all right. They're like, we can't stop this. This is going to crash on Earth. Okay. So now people all over the earth were like, uh, I guess this is all we're focusing on right now. Yeah. Once again, the fucking United States is making everything about them. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I have to feel like like it was part of the plan and sending it up. (laughs) You guys, we're going to send this thing up into space and we're going to take a bunch of photos of the sun and then uh-huh. who gives a fuck what happens to it? Because we're really well, cool. I feel like it's like, you know how people just like lose interest in the space program? I think right when they're about to do that, we kill them with a the flaming <laughs> thing from the sky. That'll teach you not to appreciate Uranus and It'll Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I want to know. I want to hear about the people who went up there and really appreciated Uranus. <laughs> Jonathan, put your pants back on. <laughs> Space trash. <laughs> yeah. Call me that again. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got so into that. <clears throat> so, okay. everyone's all about this event, right? Yes. So, people all over the world are preparing for this disaster to happen. Um, people were actually buying. <laughs> it's like It's like the day before we release an episode. I know, right? Everyone's freaking <laughs> out and running to their bunkers. Yeah, <laughs> every sure. every Thursday. Um, so people were buying bullseye T-shirts and hats. Ha ha! Americans were <laughs> mostly Americans. Yes. Yeah. So they're buying bullseye T-shirts and hats, and mm-hmm. the people of a Nebraska neighborhood painted a giant bullseye for NASA to aim for. They're like, "Land here! We're in Nebraska." 
Oh, well, that's not a bad idea. If you have to land somewhere, you should probably aim for Nebraska. <laughs> so this is what my favorite part. Some people started selling, quote, Skylab repellent, end quote, with a money-back <laughs> guarantee. <laughs> money-back guarantee. I love that. <laughs> See, that's hilarious. Good job, capitalism. So, quote from Wiki, quote, The San Francisco Examiner offered a $10,000 prize for the first piece of Skylab delivered to its offices. The competing San Francisco Chronicle offered $200,000 if a subscriber suffered personal or property damage. Okay, so was this a ploy to, like, drive up? subscriptions i mean they didn't know where it was gonna land and if it was gonna land on my house and i was gonna subscribe and maybe get two hundred thousand dollars that's diabolical though it's like you get the san francisco chronicle and then go like skylab chasing that's ridiculous that's gonna put people in danger also i would be driving around and then when i found a piece i'd pick it up and i'd just slam it into my car and be like oh no it damaged my car Oh, oh, or property. Okay, I didn't hear that part. And then maybe I would, like, hit my foot and be like, I have a bruise. <laughs> Give me 200000 Yes. I've been hurt. That's, you know, I mean, you're joking and stuff, but that is how I feel every time I step my toe. I feel like someone <laughs> owes me $200,000. I've been hurt by space. <laughs> space hurt me. <laughs> NASA hurt me. <laughs> All right, so na- by now, NASA was doing the math to figure out how bad it was going to get. Okay. They figured out that the odds of the debris hitting a human was 1 in 152. That's way higher than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> right? Like, I was waiting for the thousand or million nope. that was coming after that. And the odds of it hitting a city of over 100,000 people was 1 in 7. Um, I'm personally... Like, starting to dig a bunker now. So, because it was so likely impossible that it was going to cause devastation where it was going to land, that NASA started getting teams together to help clean up and fix things. They're like, we fucked up. (laughs) Wow. Get the PR team out right now. They were like, da, da, da. We fucked this right up. (laughs) We did. (laughs) (laughs) We fucked it up. That's the Star Trek theme set to NASA fucked up music <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> All right. So NASA now was figuring out that the Skylab was going to crash land on Earth sometime between July 10th and 14th. Oh, man. So At least we have one last 4th of July with Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa's like, fuck you. I don't live anywhere near the flight path. We're bringing you to the flight path. <laughs> If we are within 100,000 miles, we're hitting you over the head. <laughs> They're like, you have a su- you got a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle, right, Grandpa? Mm-hmm. And a family you love, right, Grandpa? <laughs> you want us to survive after you, right, Grandpa? You want to provide for your family, don't you, Grandpa? <laughs> so NASA basically... Why are you looking at the shovel weird, Grandpa? Yeah. <laughs> So NASA was basically like, all right, sometime between July 10th and 14th, but they felt really good about the 12th. In in that bad way. <laughs> we feel really good about it being a bad, bad way. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. they did some stuff to the Skylab. I don't know, some science stuff. 
uh, to mm-hmm. help aim it for basically 110 miles southeast of Cape Town, South Africa. They're like, we kind of have a gauge now. We're aiming for mm-hmm. the ocean. Let's do this. We're aiming for the ocean, but don't worry. If we miss, we'll hit Africa. <laughs> God damn. You well, know that some asshole said that. Absolutely some asshole said that in some room somewhere. Ugh. And, uh, all right, so on July 11th, the station re-entered the atmosphere, so they were off about their feeling good. So By a day. Yeah, I know. What an asshole they were. No kidding. They're racist okay. and they... <laughs> Ra- you racist fucking asshole, Jonathan. It was Jonathan said it. Oh, God. Why are... I know. that's I, And it's no wonder that, that he then, like, unceremoniously dumped that NASA scientist later. Yeah. And then was dubbed space trash. Yeah. I mean, just he, trash. Well, he deserves it is my point. Yeah. So, all right. On July 11th, the station re-enters the atmosphere and it didn't burn as fast as they had hoped. Good? Bad? <laughs> they ha- oh, bad. They had an error of 4% which caused it to land in Western Australia. On the ground. <laughs> Okay, that's not good. So people in all the local areas were reported, uh, reporting seeing the debris burn in the atmosphere, and NASA like started freaking out because they were like, if <laughs> people are seeing it, uh, if they're seeing it fall, then it might hit them. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you can see it, it's real. <laughs> yeah, you literally don't have to be a rocket scientist, but we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the pretty lights. No, bad, bad. The lights are bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Martha, Martha, subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle <laughs> now. Oh, Ma- Martha, I, I was like, what is he I saying? I can't do Australian. Uh, <laughs> hello, Martha. Go quick get a San Francisco Chronicle. <laughs> that was... <laughs> That was an American doing a Cockney accent on holiday in Australia at the time. You will get an uh, San Francisco Chronicle. <laughs> yes, Australia is an international destination for people traveling. The, yes. the San Francisco Chronicle people are like, thank God it's hitting in Australia. Nobody has our... <laughs> That's awesome. We're $200,000 in the clear. So, yeah. all right. The Shire of Esperance, which is a local government area in Australia, I didn't understand it. I looked it up on Wikipedia. It didn't make sense to me then. It really doesn't make sense to me now because I'm tired. But anyway, (laughs) they're a place that can issue fines. And so they playfully issued a fine to NASA for $400 for littering because of where it landed. That's funny. So uh, you said that in a way that was like, oh... Fuck you. <laughs> no, that was cute. It's cute. I mean, it's it's like it's the Shire, and it sounds like a hobbit sense of humor. <laughs> Give me more of those cream puffs. I like cream puffs because I'm a hobbit. <laughs> Did you read those books or see those movies? They love eating. Yes. <laughs> I nailed okay. it. All right, you did. You did. That's what I. That's what I'm saying. Is like I can't. How long has it been since you read the books or saw the movies? Because you know, wow, wow, spot on. <laughs> I'll put it this way: my Hobbit headshot is not dead behind the eyes. How about the feet? My feet really pop in this one, don't you think? <laughs> I just hold it right up to my uh, face. Uh, uh, uh. If a person wants to take that headshot, I will critique that headshot. 
I will love it. <laughs> All right. So the Shire of Esperance would get rid of the fine three months later because it was a joke. Mm-hmm. But in April 2009, Scott Barley of the Highway Radio, which I believe was a Nevada station, would raise the funds from listeners and sent them a giant check and was like, here's your money. That's he's not from NASA. I'm sorry, but no, Nevada, sit down. You're not part of this. No, he he was like, we take care of our own in the United States. (laughs) Where do you think Nevada is? (laughs) I don't fucking know. I just know it's somewhere to the east and north. And congrats to them and Vegas. You're doing great. So (laughs) Stan Uh Thornton. An Australian gentleman, I presume, would find 24 pieces of the lab at his home. Wow. And a business guy from Philly would fly him to the Examiner, the first San Francisco paper, so he could claim the reward money, Mm -hmm. uh, the $10,000. And the business guy would also give him another $1,000 for the troubles. And he actually paid for the flight for the person, too. I would assume. Yeah. He's like, I'm a business guy from Philly. (laughs) That sounded like that sounded like perfect Australian. Was it really? <laughs> Fuck my life. <laughs> That's what Stan Thornton said when he got to San Francisco. He said, oh, "I'm a business guy from Philly. <laughs> I've got this piece of a sky lamp." <laughs> All right. It was actually kind of lucky that it landed in Australia. Sure, there's hardly anybody there too. Well, yeah. in the area it landed was very sparsely uh, lived in. But mm-hmm. a piece of it was also featured in the Miss Universe pageant uh, since it was being held in Perth on July 20th. Okay. So they were like, that worked out. Sure did. <laughs> so. I mean, it came from the universe. Here it is on top of Miss Universe's head. Great. <laughs> Here she is squashed under the station. <laughs> it's Miss Universe. There she is crushed by Jonathan. <laughs> Oh, Jonathan met his end the way he would have wanted. Yeah, he died the way he lived. A total scumbag. (laughs) Making sure to inconvenience everyone in his path. (laughs) All right. What is the bright side? I mean, I'm sure when the Skylab was crashing, it was very bright in the sky. (laughs) First, we're at the end of the episode, which means no more accents from me. So, <laughs> what a, what a, or me? I mean, I was definitely not at the top of my game today. But yes, none, no more of that, and that's that's a nice bright side. I figure that one was an unscripted bright side that I feel like all of our listeners will appreciate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know about opening this door though, because every day, every episode could be. Well, the bright side is this is over. <laughs> <laughs> the bright side is you made it, and you don't have to listen anymore. <laughs> yeah, the people who are direct friends of ours can 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 end their obligation of listening to this episode now. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so first. The world really did work well. They sort of worked together to make sure that people didn't die. Okay, sure. Yeah. NASA sent some people out with dustpans. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need a bigger dustpan. <laughs> Would you think it was going to be this dust? It's literally a lead lined fucking photo booth. Like, that is a 
that's like a, a canister the size of a body. <laughs> okay, granted, uh, we could have done better. Wait a minute, I did my math wrong again. I thought it was a marshmallow falling to earth. I thought it was going to be delightfully crisp. Oh man, I thought we would. Ca- I thought we would catch it with graham crackers and have s'mores. <laughs> Jonathan's like, damn it! I bought all those graham crackers. Now what am I going to put on my body to be eaten off? <laughs> <laughs> so we all learned from the mistakes, and Skylab provided a great deal of information to us about the sun. Fantastic. So that's a win. Yeah, well done, science. And we, th- the sun can fuck up a space station. That's what we learned. And th- <laughs> th- <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully, no one was killed when Skylab did fall. That's true. Some people were fired, <laughs> but nobody was killed. <laughs> you can't fire me. I only need two more years for my pension. <laughs> you can't fire me. I'm retiring early. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know, so Dee Dee told me about this episode because she apparently, she and her husband, Randy, visited a place in Wisconsin where I guess part of Sputnik fell. And she's like, there might be something there. And I was like looking up space debris and things falling from the sky. And she she talked about Skylab. And she's like, I'm not sure how much of a episode this is. And I was like, I want to look it up. And I saw what's going on with Skylab. And I was like, oh, no, this is this is fun. Yeah, no, totally. So yeah. thank you again, Didi, for thank a you, delightful Didi, for the yes <laughs> recommendation. A delightful and quite adult episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it all stays in, that time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> Jonathan's like, you ain't got no worries about it staying in me. Oh my god! <laughs> he's oh a, wow! He's a hungry bottom. Yeah. No. He. Yeah. If if it had just stayed there. It would still be up there today because Jonathan clenches. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is an asshole, but he can clench. Mm-hmm. So this episode is dedicated to Jonathan. Uh, we've been having some fun with you, buddy. <laughs> Do we know a Jonathan? I know some Jonathans. Oh, okay. And I, and I would like to say I wasn't thinking of any of them when I was talking about this scumbag Jonathan. This is a different Jonathan. Mm-hmm. No one you know. Because he's dead now. All right. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we will see you again next week. Have a wonderful week. And Jason, enjoy the uh, the, the filmmaking challenge and get Thank some you. rest. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, maybe when you're walking, look in the sky. Make sure you don't get hit by something. I'll do my best. Bye. Bye. We've got to contain the semen. No, let it into the atmosphere. I want it to rain little Jonathans on the earth. We hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BrightsideKandJ and on Facebook at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.thebrightsidewithkevinandjason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look, look on, on the, the Bright, bright side. side.